0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There is no doubt about it. We are living in an increasingly consumer-focused, individualistic, me-orientated world. I often have the Stuff News app open when I'm eating breakfast, And not infrequently would I see articles about money, taxes, jobs, and personal wealth. I once read an article about how Kiwis generally come across poorly in job interviews compared to our international counterparts, mainly because we lack the ability to sell ourselves. We're humble. We don't like to brag. We feel awkward saying how good we are or talking about all the good things we do. I want you to put aside your humbleness for a moment. Can you recall a time when you were generous to someone else? It might have been with your money, with your time, or maybe you were generous in some other way. How did it feel? Similarly, think of a time when someone was generous towards you. How did that feel? Which side would you rather be on, the giving or the receiving end? I am sure all of us know someone, or maybe a few people, that just exude generosity. You may be sitting next to that very person right now. People that live generous lives often have a special air about them. They think of others before themselves, they're generally positive and upbeat, and their lives and homes just seem to be filled with so much love and kindness. We're all called to lead a generous life. God modelled that himself when he gave his greatest gift, that is, his only son Jesus, to die on a cross because he loves us so much. We're all called to live generously in our own way. You might think that you don't have much to give or that you are time poor and are limited in what you can do for others. But I don't want you to belittle your perceived generosity in any way. Remember the woman that poured out the expensive perfume on Jesus, or the poor widow that only had a few coins to give? This morning, I want to explore with you the topic of giving. We'll explore how actively living a generous life can lead to God's blessings. We will look at biblical generosity, a generosity that seeks to please God rather than seeking a human or worldly reward, a sacrificial type of giving which God himself modelled first and foremost. A giving life is one that does not compare giftedness or resource with others. It is giving God your all, not somebody else's, knowing that he sees what you have and will reward you at the resurrection. Before we begin, here's a real-life example of generosity. As you know, today in our church we celebrate the feast day of St Barnabas. Barnabas is first mentioned in the Acts of the Apostles as a member of the early Christian community in Jerusalem who sold some land that he owned and gave the proceeds to the community. Pretty generous, don't you think? As we heard in our first reading this morning, later on in Acts 11, he was described as being a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And through him, a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So first up, The principle of a blessed life is giving rather than receiving. It is better to give than to receive. How do we know this? Because Jesus said so himself. In Acts 20 verse 35, Paul says, Remember the words the Lord Jesus himself said, More blessings come from giving than from receiving. Paul himself lived a generous life. He gave far more than he ever received. In his farewell speech to the leaders at Ephesus, he tells them that he doesn't care about what happens to him, only that he must finish the work that the Lord Jesus gave him to do, which is to tell the good news about God's great kindness. Paul says that he doesn't know what will happen to him in Jerusalem, but he felt the strong need to obey God's spirit and go there anyway. He is told by the Holy Spirit that he will be put in jail and find himself in trouble. Paul was probably wondering if he was going to be near his own end, his death, and lightly reflecting on Jesus' own final journey into Jerusalem, where he was to die. Paul was a great example to other Christians of what it meant to truly follow and obey God. He shows us in his own example that having a blessed life is based on giving, not receiving. Receiving God's blessings spiritually is not a passive experience, but something that we can actively enter into when we give. When we live a generous life, we are blessed and rewarded by God abundantly. Secondly, a blessed gift is one that begins with the right motive. I'd like to take a minute to consider two passages of scripture. Many of you would have heard of the parable of the great banquet. Here it is in Luke 14. Then Jesus said to the man who invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, don't invite your friends and family and relatives and rich neighbors. If you do, they will invite you in return and you will be paid back. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame and the blind. They cannot pay you back. But God will bless you and reward you when his people rise from death. Not only does Jesus show us that we will be blessed by God when we do things without seeking any return, but he also reminds us of his charge to his disciples regarding the radical generosity and care that he wants them to show to the lowest treated in society, the physically impaired and the economically deprived. The second scripture passage that I'd like to share with you is about giving, found in Matthew chapter 6. When you do good deeds, don't try to show off. If you do, you won't get a reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to the poor, don't blow a loud horn. That's what show-offs do in the meeting places and on the street corners, because they are always looking for praise. I can assure you that they already have their reward. When you give to the poor, don't let anyone know about it. Then your gift will be given in secret. Your father knows what is done in secret, and he will reward you. I like these two passages, especially the one from Matthew. They keep me honest. Do you sometimes do something nice for someone, and you think you're primarily doing it because you're putting that person first in your heart and mind, but when you stop and think about it, you're actually doing it for selfish reasons. These reasons might be as innocent as making yourself feel better, or slightly sinister in that you're expecting something in return. When we give, our hearts and motives need to be in the right place. We should give unconditionally for the right reasons, and then God will bless us and reward us. In living a generous life, we should give without seeking anything in return. Jesus shows us that we shouldn't seek to receive a physical reward, such as a return invitation to a dinner party, or verbal praise. That's what show-offs do because they're always looking for praise. A generous life gives without seeking things in return. Regardless of situation or circumstance, everyone has something to give. Please never underestimate the impact that you may have on someone. This someone could be a friend, a family member, or a stranger. This someone could be a believer, a non-believer, or someone from a different faith. When we plant seeds, knowingly or not, in other people's lives, we may never know how God will cultivate, water, and grow these seeds, these moments. Everyone has something to give. Forgive my gross generalizations to follow, but some in our church today are students and therefore most likely poor from a monetary point of view but potentially more rich with their time. A little bit of youthfulness and enthusiasm can go a long way when it comes to helping others, especially those in our wider community. Around the time of the earthquakes, the University of Canterbury Volunteer Student Army stood out for me in this regard. The upcoming youth group Saturday Service Day, a fundraiser for the World Vision 40-hour famine, is another great example. And don't forget to book with Robin to have your windows cleaned and floors vacuumed. Some of you here this morning are well established in your professional lives and careers. And although you may still have mortgages and debt, you might be a bit more money rich than the youngins amongst you, and thus are able to financially give more, but perhaps give relatively less of your time. As a father to young children, these days I am relatively time poor, but I could utilise what time I do have at home and include more people or groups in my personal prayer time. Praying for others, by the way, is just as worthy, if not more so, than physically serving at church or donating our money. I think it's easy for us to tell ourselves that what we have to offer isn't worth it or enough, and then we procrastinate or make excuses that stop us from giving or living generously. I do not think that God will ever ask of us what we cannot give or provide. When you do give, utilise your God-given gifts in humility. I am reminded of the verse from Romans 12. A body is made up of many parts and each of them has its own use. That's how it is with us. There are many of us, but we each are part of the body of Christ as well as part of one another. God has also given each of us, different gifts to use. Both you and your gift are important to the body of Christ. Just like how we all have different gifts to use, we each have different extents to which we can give. Giving is relative. Give God your all and don't compare yourself to others. It's not how much we give to God that he is concerned about, but rather how much we are holding back. God wants not what we have, but rather our hearts. The poor widow in Mark 12 illustrates as well. Jesus was sitting in the temple near the offering box and watching people put in their gifts. He noticed that many rich people were giving a lot of money. Finally, a poor widow came up and put in two coins that were worth only a few pennies. Jesus told his disciples to gather around him. Then he said, I tell you that this poor widow has put in more than all the others. Everyone else gave what they didn't need, but she is very poor and gave everything she had. Now she doesn't have a cent to live on. In this situation, it was not the quantity of the woman's gift that mattered, but the quality. In God's eyes, the poor widow gave more than all the rich people, for she gave everything she had, while the rich gave from their surplus abundance. Regardless of situation or circumstance, everyone has something to give. Don't worry about what others have to give. Give God your all and give it with humility. To quote the American pastor and theologian Timothy Keller, don't give God your leftovers, give him your first overs. And finally, eternal rewards await those who give. In Matthew 25 we hear of the parable of the talents. To summarise, three servants get three different amounts of money from their master who entrusted them to use this money in his absence. Two of the servants doubled the original amount of money that they were given while the third servant did nothing useful with the money and was scorned by the master. All good things come from God and we should look for ways to give from what God has first given us. This is symbolised in the parable as money earned from the money originally given. God gives to us, his servants, and in doing so, allows us to do right by him. Like the first two servants in the parable that doubled the money originally given for their master, we should not wait passively, but look for and act on every opportunity to share and use what has been given to us by God. Remember that giving is relative. Do not be afraid to share what God has given you. Two of the servants were given different amounts, but they both doubled what they had been given. They each received the same reward and praise. The master says to both of them, well done, good and faithful servant. The master's identical statements of praise to both servants show that what was important was not the total amount earned, but faithfulness in using their gifts and potential. The third servant, however, who was fearful and did nothing with the master's money, received no such reward and praise. When fear of failure keeps us from trying, we will not reap any reward. Using your God-given abilities wisely and productively is a vital aspect of discipleship, and you will be rewarded with additional opportunities to serve God faithfully and fruitfully. Like the first two servants, let us be faithful servants of all that God has given us responsibility for. As mentioned previously, today is St Barnabas Day. Many of you know that we are currently seeking donations for the repair and betterment of our church hall. Roughly 600000 is required out of a total $1.6 million to complete the project. The hall is used by many in our wider community, and it is such an important resource and blessing to all who enter under its roof. Would you consider making a donation to this project to help get us across the line? Whether it is $10 or $10,000, all donations matter and are valued. Now, I'm not asking you to sell your land and give the proceeds to the church like Barnabas did. However, if you wanted to, I wouldn't necessarily stop you. But do you feel called to be generous with your money, like Barnabas was? As we continue to live in our consumer-focused, individualistic, me oriented world, let us remember that Jesus should be the reason for all that we do. Let us strive to cultivate a heart of generosity. As you go from here today, I encourage you to invest your time in others. Find someone this week and ask how their day is going. Then listen and be genuinely interested in them. Make the moment about them and not about you. I encourage you to invest your God-given gifts. Take the time to pray and find some place where you can begin using your gifts to serve others. It might be within some Barnabas or within the wider community. It might be a small act of service or a larger and longer commitment but just start somewhere. And finally, I encourage you to invest your money. If you're already a regular giver to the church, find a movement of God that you feel passionate about and put your treasure where your heart is. May God bless us all as we strive to live a generous life and like Barnabas, being good men and women, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. Amen.